the Full Course Football Podcast. My name is Zach, and we have another solo pod today. Jack, Sam, and Keegan weren't able to make it tonight, and so that means tonight I can talk about whatever I would like to. Um, And as you guys know, I'm a Bears fan, so I will start with the Thursday night football game. Um, But yes, I'm as sad as you guys are. The other boys can't be here, especially with what happened on Sunday night with the Cowboys and 49ers. A lot to discuss there. The Colts getting a big win for Jack. You know, there's a a lot happened. The Bengals getting back on track. This is a really fun week. I'm really sad that the other boys aren't here. But that means I have free reigns, and I am absolutely starting by talking about the Bears' first win since last October. They were the only team in... All professional, major professional sports in America to have not won since Elon Musk bought Twitter. Finally, we broke that streak with a 40-20 to 20 win over the Commanders on Thursday. Uh, it was a dominant win. Bears were up big at halftime, and it got a little close. I got inklings in the second half. Oh, is this going to be like the Denver game again? But they didn't blow it. They made the plays they needed to. Field stepped up big time, and we finally, now back-to-back weeks where the Bears win because of Field passing and not because of his running. So it it was a huge day. Um, DJ Moore had an all-time fantasy performance. He went for 230 yards and three touchdowns, had a game-sealing touchdown. It was just a beautiful thing to watch. It's like, unlike anything I've watched as a Bears fan in a long, long time, it reminded me kind of of the uh, Trubisky-Bucks game where he broke out um, and he had, I think, five or six touchdowns. Um, That was the last time I can remember being this excited about a passing performance from the Bears. Um, But even then, that was like a one-time thing with Trubisky. Fields is finally showing what we've been assuming he can do, but he hadn't been able to do it yet. The O-line played great. They didn't give up a sack to one of the best D-lines in the league uh, because they got Tevin Jenkins back, and Fields was getting rid of the ball quickly. He um, was making all the right reads. He was throwing the ball away, which is something he's really struggled with. He always tries to get out of it, which, you know, with his rushing ability makes sense. But he's never really been good at throwing the ball away, and there were multiple times where I literally was clapping in my house Excited that he threw the ball away. I don't know if I can ever say I've been cheering for that, but I was really excited to see that from him. Um, You know, they lost all three of their running backs by the beginning of the third quarter, and so they had their fullback running all the second half as running back, and it was uh, was scary, but they stayed aggressive. They stayed passing the ball, and DJ Moore had majority of the passing yards or receiving yards for the Bears, and it was just a huge win. Um... You know, the Commanders had some fight. Sam Howell's a dog. He plays so hard, and he... There's so many sacks that the Bears should have had. They still had five, which they had two coming into the game all season. So having five tonight was big. But there should have been even more. Um, Howell was was able to scramble, break tackles. I was really impressed. Um, He's so fun to watch, but... It was a really weird game as well. They were getting all their random receivers involved. It seemed like Terry McLaurin 
and Dotson weren't getting much work because Curtis Samuel had them in receiving. Logan Thomas played well, and then they were getting like Jameson Crowder and Byron Pringle involved. It was a weird game, but overall, I'm very excited and happy for the Bears. As a Bears fan, obviously, this is what we've been hoping for for a long, long time. Literally a year we've been waiting for just a win. So it's fun to have something to hope for. And even better, we still have the number one pick. Thank, thankful um, for the Panthers. So it was like about ideal of a week as you can have. They're hosting Minnesota next week. I'm going to be at that game. I'm so excited. So, you know, had to get that out of the way. But Justin Fields looks like he could be a guy to build around, which would be very intriguing going into the draft cycle, but I'm sure we'll talk about that many times. But yes, had to start with that game, um, just because how could you not as a Bears fan? So, you know, I'll talk about Dallas and San Francisco now. Um, Tough game for the Cowboys truthers for Keegan. Um, and huge game for all 49ers, truthers, and bad game for those who faded them, like myself. I talked about it last week on the pod. That was my probably wor- the. I don't regret the take, but my worst take coming to the season was thinking they weren't going to continue doing what they were doing last week, last year. Brock Purdy continues to make every throw he needs to to move that offense efficiently to get the ball to his weapons. And they trounced the Cowboys on Sunday night, 42-10. So, yeah, I think first, talking about the Niners, it's one of the, you know, McCaffrey didn't have an amazing game. He has a good game, of course. Debo and Ayuk didn't contribute a ton, but they were involved. But it was a Kittle game. He had three catches for three touchdowns. And that's the beauty of their offense and what has helped make Brock Purdy so great is the fact that he, you know, we've had an Ayuk game, we've had a Debo game, we've had many multiple McCaffrey games, we've now had two Kittle games. You know, all you need is one or two of those kind of guys that other teams would dream to have two of them, and they have four. And the Cowboys were just not able to stop them. And it didn't help that their offense wasn't able to move the ball at all. They scored 10 points, stacked at three interceptions. Um, Yeah, the Cowboys are looking dead not actually I think those they're still a playoff contender maybe if their offense can figure it out they're a Super Bowl contender still I don't read too much into the I mean I read into it Dak is still looking like his self where I still have him in the Kirk Cousins tier I mean I don't think he's a difference maker I think he's a good quarterback that can lead a team far but he's not going to win many games for you and he might lose some as well um Leading into that kind of conversation, you know, there's all there's now talk of Brock Purdy MVP. Um, as you guys know, I'm someone who has been verbal saying I want to see more. I don't think he can continue to win every single game and be as efficient as he has been. I was proven wrong. Now, am I going to say he's a top five quarterback? No, I don't think he is. I don't think he's situation-proof. He is perfect for the scheme that they have with Kyle Shanahan. He gets the ball out quick. He moves well in the pocket. He makes his reads, and he gets the ball to his weapons, and he does that extremely well, and that is obviously why he hasn't lost as a starter yet. Now, if you you put him on the Bears, you put him on a bad team, put him on the Broncos, I don't think he is 
even in a conversation for being a mid-tier quarterback. So, I'm not hating on the guy at all, but I don't think he's a difference maker like the likes of Mahomes, Hurts, Allen, etc., who I think could win games no matter what team they were on, or at least be competitive. But I'm not saying that to take away from what Purdy has done. He is statistically similar to Jimmy G, but he looks better. He's more aggressive. Um, and I have, I would, I think my best comparison for him and how I think he should be viewed would be Tua. Tua does a lot of things very, very well, and he's really good at getting the ball to his really elite weapons. And the offense moves very well when they, as long as they continue to do that. And both of them, their teams are great. They're in great offenses with great coaches. Again, put them in a bad situation. I don't know. But they're great quarterbacks, probably top 10 quarterbacks. But I don't think they're in the talent to be in a top a top five quarterback. That makes sense. But they didn't have the weapons. But I want to clarify, I'm not taking away from what he's done. It's not his fault that he is a great coach and a great quarterback. So I don't want to... I'm not trying to disparage who he is. All that being said, the 49ers are the best team in football. I don't think it's close anymore. And they're, in my opinion, a favorite to win the Super Bowl. Because not only are they in a probably weaker NFC. Yeah, I know we've talked about how the NFC might be a little stronger this year after how the first four weeks has gone. I don't think that's actually going to be the case. I think it's them in Philly. And so the, I think the path to the Super Bowl is easier, which makes them more of a favorite, in my opinion, than picking an AFC team who has will have to face one or, if not two, of Mahomes, Burrow, Lamar, Allen, Trevor Lawrence, Justin Herbert, etc. So, yeah, but, but the 49ers, you know, they smacked them. So, stock down on the Cowboys. Stock up on the number one 49ers, if that's even possible. Um, but yeah, it's going to be tough to pick against them ever. So yeah, that Sunday night game uh, was one that I was hoping would be a little bit better, but I went to bed at halftime. So, and I think my final stance after I've been clear, I'm out. I was, you know, I was tentative about Brock. I saw this on Twitter, and I think it describes my stance towards him now as Brocknostic. I neither think... I'm in the middle. I don't think he is a... There are people that hate on him and say it's a negative that he has good weapons, negative he has a good coach. And then there are people that have him as a top five quarterback. Should be the favorite to be the MVP. I'm not on either of those spectrums. I'm Brocknostic. I'm in the middle. I see where people are coming from. And there's my take. I think it's okay to put away the preconceived thoughts from the preseason. And I've now changed my stance, and I am happy to admit that I was wrong. All right. Next game we'll go into. Uh, yeah, let's go to the Sunday morning game. The game in London at Tottenham Hotspur Stadium. Jacksonville Jaguars beat the Buffalo Bills 25-20. to um, It was an interesting game. It was one that came down to the wire. Both offenses and specifically both quarterbacks played well. Um, both having exactly a 102 passer rating. Um, 
Lawrence going 25 for 37 and 315 and a touchdown. Allen going 27 for 40 for 359, two touchdowns, but an interception. Um, and yeah, they got the ball to their weapons. This was a huge game for Calvin Ridley. Uh, we hadn't seen much from him in the last few games after a big week one, and he comes out seven catches for 122 yards, including a game-winning uh, third-down conversion where, from my understanding, it was supposed to be a run play on third and four, and then they got they saw isolation with Ridley on the outside, and so they auto, Trevor Lawrence audible to a fade route, basically, and it was a perfect throw to Calvin Ridley down the sideline who just beat the man one-on-one. That's exactly why he was brought into Jacksonville, and he's showing his worth. Uh, Christian Kirk had a good game. Zay Jones got hurt, but caught a touchdown. Um, And then their defense played well enough um, to slow down the Bills, getting that interception. Um, So a big game overall, a huge win for the Jags. They're 2-0 in London now. And a uh, big bummer for the Bills. Not only do they lose, um, but they lost Matt Milano. And uh, I think for the season, from what I had heard, who, you know, they lost Tredavious White last week for the season. And so losing your two best defenders uh, within two weeks is a huge blow to your team who is looking about as balanced as they had ever looked with Josh Allen. Not only having a great offense, but a great defense. Um, because the offense did play well. Stephon Diggs and Gabe Davis both went over 100 yards, caught a touchdown. Uh, but the run game was stopped. Um, it was definitely James Cook. He had negative four yards rushing. on the And their leading rusher was Josh Allen with 14. So uh, it was the Jags' rush defense is looking legit. They were able to get passed on a little bit. But, again, um, they did plenty enough to win. Um, but a huge blow for the Bills, who are still a Super Bowl contender for sure. They still have Josh Allen. They still have a great offense. Um, but losing your top two defenders in back-to-back weeks is going to be tough to recover from, especially when you're going to face some elite offenses in the playoffs. Um, they can still do it. I'm not saying they can't, but it's going to be an uphill climb uh, losing those guys. So. Huge win for Trevor Lawrence and Jags, who are who finally uh, get back on track after a slow start in the season. Now three and two, um, with back back London wins. So I do think jet lag was is potentially a factor. You know the Jags had been there over a week, gotten used to it, and the Bills landed forty eight hours before. I'm not saying that it's why the Jags won. I'm not taking away at all, but it's it's a factor. Just just, just saying. Um, so, anyways, yes. That was the Sunday morning game. And now I think I'm just going to go in the order of which we drafted them. So the next game will go Eagles-Rams. Um, it ended up being a great game. The Eagles won 23-14. Um, ended up being a Dallas Goddard game. They finally got him going. He had eight catches for 117 yards and a touchdown. Huge game for him. A.J. Brown had a big game. Um and Jalen Hurts played great. That's back-to-back weeks where he Jalen Hurts has played great. And I think they're back on track. Saw a tweet that basically said um, the Eagles' struggles through the first four weeks were rich man problems. You know, I fully agree with that. We've talked about how they've been struggling. Um, but it's with little things that only Super Bowl caliber, 
caliber teams would have to worry about. Um, and they are now at 5-0. and Like I said, I think it's between them and the 49ers in the NFC. They're looking as good as last year. And now that they have, they've gotten Dallas Goddard involved, they've already had Dallas Goddard, A.J. Brown, DeAndre Swift, um, Devonta Smith games. So similar to the Niners, they have a bunch of elite weapons that can go to work. And the Philly special, or not the Philly special, the uh, what, what are we calling it now, the brotherly shove, the tush push, it even works against Aaron Donald. So, yeah, it's unstoppable. Could you do that with any quarterback? Absolutely not. He It helps that you have the best center uh, in the league right now, and you have a quarterback that can squat 700 pounds, I'm pretty sure. So, um, yeah, I had picked the Rams in this game just because they had been hot, and, you know, I, Philly was vulnerable. And it was a pretty close game, but in the end, the Eagles won pretty comfortably. Um, but for the Rams, you know, Cooper Cup, he's back. I'm pretty sure he had like five or six catches on the first drive. Ends up going having 12 targets for eight catches, 118 yards. He's back. He is healthy. Nothing has changed. And Puka Nakua still had a great game, 7 for 71 and a touchdown. So I think it's safe to say that although maybe his elite run of dominance of having, you know, 15 to 20 targets a game, that's probably going away. But we've seen Cooper Cup and Robert Woods coexist in in a high-end way. I'm pretty sure they've both been wide receiver ones in the same season for fantasy. So, yeah, Cooper Cup and Puka can very much coexist. I think there will be the two that receive... Most majority of the targets in the offense, probably a hit to Tyler Higby, Tutu Atwell, more than it is to, to Puka. So, um, yeah, overall, you know, the Rams hung in there a little bit, but they lost there. And so now I think they're 2-3, and three, but Philly's at 5-0. and oh, Big win for them. Um, yeah. So, the next game. Hmm. This was a great game. On a, we got the Texans at the Falcons. In Atlanta, and this came down to the wire. The Falcons win on a game-winning field goal, um, and it's a game that was extremely fun to watch. The Falcons ended up winning twenty-one nineteen at home, um, and C.J. Stroud didn't have a perfect game, but he led a game-winning, what could have been a game-winning drive, um, to go up to in the end um, with a. Touchdown to Dalton Schultz. It was a gutsy game. Um, but Desmond Ritter out outplayed him this week. Out of nowhere, Ritter goes th- for 329 yards and a touchdown um, on top of a rushing touchdown. Out of nowhere. I mean, and I also heard on the broadcast that Desmond Ritter has never lost a game at home in college or in the NFL. That's insane, but he is there. The Falcons are now three and two. Um, they they got Kyle Pitts and Drake London going in the same game. You know, if Raiders going to th- throw for three twenty nine, you'd expect those two to go off. Um, if you have Kyle Pitts in fantasy, you're rejoicing because I had said last week he's droppable because he was. Um, I still don't think it's going to be consistent with him. It's only his first. It's his first game since his rookie year that he had double-digit targets, but he got him. Uh, had seven catches for 87. Drake London had a good game as well. Um, Bijan scored on the ground, and his touchdown was 
he only had ten rushing or he only he had forty six rushing yards and his he had a receiving touchdown. His little screen pass was sick. It was one handed. You know, Bijan doing Bijan things. Um, yeah, it was a fun. It was a real fun game to watch, and uh, we had talked about the implications of this game. The Falcons now are at three and two. A huge game for them um, as they're fighting for the NFC South, and the Texans. At two and three, so there's still only a game out of the AFC South. It was a big blow because it's a game they could have won and probably needed to win. It's that's kind of game you you really need to win if you want to make a surprise run at the division. Um, with the Jags looking well, it's definitely going to be tough. The Colts got to win, um, so you know it's going to be tough for them to be able to make up that ground. But they do have a win in their pocket over the Jags. You never know. Falcons getting a big win. Ritter silencing the doubters and. I think you you can't bench a guy after he throws for three twenty nine lead your team to a win. So yeah, I think uh, he'll be. We probably won't be seeing Heineke for a few weeks. I think that performance was enough for Arthur Smith to continue to keep looking straight and not worry about someone else. So um, we're gonna stay in the AFC South. We're gonna come to Indianapolis, our hometown, where the Colts got a big win over the. Division mates, Tennessee Titans, they win 23-16. It's a bittersweet game for them because Anthony Richardson, um, I want to say it's an AC joint sprain in his his throwing shoulder. Um, From what I've seen so far, he's probably going to be out four to six weeks. Could be more. um, Could be less. They haven't gotten a firm diagnosis yet on what the exact timeline will be. Um, But it's really tough as he's now... He's only finished one one game as a starter or in his NFL career through five weeks or maybe two. Yeah, he's only finished one game fully. Gotten hurt in three of them and missed one. Um, now he's going to miss a significant chunk. Um, so it's really tough for them because they were just now getting Jonathan Taylor back after they signed him to an extension. Um, you know, it, but <laughs> you know, Zach Moss is like, I'm not giving the job back. Zach Moss had. A huge game. Went for 165-2 and two on the ground. Whew. I mean, I, 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 let's just say I would say, I would say everyone is shocked by that. Um, JT, you know, he probably hasn't practiced in a while, but he only got six carries for 18 yards. Zach Moss goes for 165-2 and two against a great rush defense of the Titans. Insane. But Gardner Minshew stepped up. Um, didn't have... Crazy numbers, but he only had three incompletions, didn't turn the ball over, um, moved the ball well enough, and their defense played great. Got a game-sealing pick with 10 seconds left um, on Ryan Tannehill, who played fine. Um, but I think a big storyline for the Titans is Ty J. Spears. Is, he's, getting, he's ramping up. He had 4.9 yards per carry on his seven carries. He scored. Um, Derrick Henry is... Carry counts going down. I mean, he's still. We saw it last week against the Bengals. He's still Derrick Henry, but someone, Ty J Spears is something, someone to look out for um, as a good one-two punch on that squad. Um, DeAndre Hopkins had a great game. Went for 140 yards uh, receiving. So that that was huge to see him continue to get going, um, but still lost. And then leading. Leading receiver for the Colts was Josh Downs. He had six catches for 97 yards. Um, he's had great games when Minshew has played. So 
I would expect that to continue. Um, yeah, but a huge win for the Colts is they're now three and two, tied for first with the Jags in the AFC South. Yeah, and next game, stay in the AFC. We'll go to the AFC North, where the Steelers hosted the Ravens. And what was one of the weirder games I have seen in a while? Um, the Steelers end up winning seventeen to ten, but it was a game that the Ravens had every single chance to win. Uh, they both leave the week three and two. Uh, so tied for first in their division, but Steelers now hold a tiebreaker over the Ravens with that win. Um, it was just a weird game. It was one where I believe PFF had Lamar Jackson as their top rated quarterback on the week. And he, his stat line was 22 for 38 for 236, no touchdowns and an interception. I don't know exactly what goes into those ratings, but I know for a fact that a large part of that is he should have had, there should have been way more completions than 22. I remember two on the first drive that were just blatant drops. I remember three that were blatant drops in the end zone throughout the game and um, all from different receivers. It wasn't just one receiver. Um, Bateman had one, Zay Flowers had one or two, Mark Andrews dropped one, Aguilar dropped one, so... There just wasn't, like, the Ravens just kept the door wide open, um, and eventually the Steelers finally did take advantage of that in a 40-yard touchdown from Kenny Pickett to uh, Pickin, George Pickens on the outside, just a go route, and great ball from Pickett. Interesting scene on Twitter was uh, Matt Canada didn't seem happy about it. They showed the video from the press box. Um, and he, everyone in the press box celebrated except for Matt Canada, the offensive coordinator for the Steelers. Um, and there's rumors going around that he actually didn't make that play call, that Kenny Pickett audibled to get the one-on-one with Pickens, and that's why he wasn't celebrating because it was like, oh, we finally have an explosive play from the Steelers. It feels like it's the first all year. Well, Matt Canada might not even have called it. So, but, you know, you can't, you can't discredit the – the Steelers, they finally did take advantage. This means nothing to me in terms of their offense. I still think it's a bottom five offense in the NFL. Um, but the Ravens, through mental errors, just allowed them to stay in the game. Steelers take advantage and get a huge win. We talked about it on the podcast um, in the preview show. We were all just torn about We all wanted to pick the Steelers, but just couldn't do it. But this is a classic game that the Steelers win, a gross AFC North home game where you're like, no, the Steelers just got smacked 30-6 to by the Texans. There's no way. The Ravens are they're humming. They're 3-1. and Well, and this is the exact kind of game the Steelers win. So, yeah, they still, they still have, Steelers still have a great defense. TJ Watt with a huge sack at the end, causing, um, uh, was I th- yeah, he caused a fumble and recovered it in final moments of the game to end it. Um, yeah, so a weird game. It's one that's tough if you're like tough for Jack as he had picked the Ravens to win the division. I still think they're the favorites, uh, but by losing this game, they're now tied with the Steelers at first and the Bengals are only one game back now and they're looking like they're coming into form. So definitely one to monitor. Um, 
is the AFC North is one that we all thought was going to be really competitive, mainly because we thought all four teams were going to be really, really good. I'm not exactly getting that vibe from those four teams. The Ravens look good, but not elite. Obviously, they just lost to the Steelers, and they lost to the Colts in games, so they probably should have won. The Steelers look like a terrible offense with a good defense. The Browns are pretty similar to that with an even better defense and a maybe slightly better offense. And then the Bengals, you know, they started about as bad as they could have, but they finally got into form this week. We'll move into that game. The Bengals played in Arizona um, against the Cardinals. And what was ended up was a huge win. Um, they went thir- 34-20. to 20. We had talked about in the preview show how, you know, the Bengals might be dead if they don't if they don't get this, if they didn't win this game, especially convincingly, um, you know, I'd sent it, I'm in a fantasy league with some friends from college, and we were talking, and I was basically saying, I think the Bengals are dead unless Joe Burrow gets healthy soon. Well, he looked healthy, he moved around the pocket great, he had a few scrambles for first downs that felt like he was back to his old self. I don't know what, what exactly changed within, from, a week, but his calf seems like it's back to normal. Um, he had a huge game. Joe Burrow went 36 for 46 for 317 yards, three touchdowns and interception. Um, Jamar Chase set the franchise record for receptions in a game with 15. He went. He had 192 yards and three touchdowns, single-handedly winning me fantasy weeks. Um, no, they were without T. Higgins this week, which maybe is part of it, but. The offense was able to move the ball. Um, surprise of the game, Trenton Irwin with 10 targets. He had 60 yards and was inches away from a 50-yard flea flicker touchdown. Uh, but, yeah, the Bengals just looked fun to watch again, which was really refreshing because it's a team coming into the season. Um, I had them in this. I had them in the Super Bowl. Keegan had them winning the Super Bowl. And it's a team we all expected to continue building what they had had done the last few years. Um, and they finally look like they're back, and if I'm in the AFC, I would be real nervous because, you know, you kind of had your hopes up that, oh, maybe I don't have to worry about them as much this year. No, they look like they're back. Their defense had some big game, had a big game as well. They had a pick six, um, and another interception on Josh Dobbs. So, yeah, and now moving to the Cardinals side, they kept it close enough. I'm pretty sure they were up at half, or maybe down, it was within like three points at half, um, they weren't playing amazing, but their defense was slowing down the Bengals at least, and the offense was moving the ball a little bit, um, James Conner got hurt, but their backup, Demarcado, I think is his name, uh, undrafted rookie from TCU, ended up playing well, he scored, Marquise Brown had a good game, um, you know, you saw Rondé Moore sprinkled in there, but yeah, overall, just... I think the Cardinals coming back down to earth a little bit. Um, they're now one and four, but they still don't look like the worst team in the league like we had talked about and many expected coming into the year. Um, they'll be frisky throughout the season, but yeah, I don't see them beating teams like the Cowboys again. Um, you never know. I'm not going to say they won't, but yeah, big game. Again, really fun to see Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase back. Um Huge for fantasy, just huge for the NFL entertainment in general. Next up, we will head to Minneapolis. 
Yep. So the Chiefs played against the um, Minnesota Vikings. The Chiefs win 27 to 20. You know, the questions have to be asked after back-to-back weeks with questionable calls near the end of the game, specifically for one team. Did the Chiefs deserve to win this game 27-20? I would say yes, they deserve to win. Um, They had double the penalty yards of the Vikings in the game, so you can't say, oh, they don't call anything against the Chiefs. But it's, it's just hard for me to ignore, you know, in the Super Bowl... Yeah, it was a penalty. It was a penalty, but it's a soft one that they weren't calling all game. You had that last week in the, again for the Jets game. It was a penalty, but they weren't calling it all game. And there was a very similar penalty that wasn't called on the Chiefs. They threw a flag and then ended up picking it up. The Chiefs player took his helmet off to argue. The ref, instead of calling a foul like they did against DJ Moore last year, and we've seen, um, he told him to just put his helmet back on instead. Didn't get a foul for that either. Um, it was just a weird game. Um, I'm not saying at all that it's rigged or they didn't deserve it, but it just it's worth mentioning because it's almost feeling like a pattern. Um, but a big storyline coming out of this is Travis Kelsey. Uh, it's just a sprained ankle. He is questionable for Thursday's game against the Broncos, um, but he went down on a non-contact injury. You feared the worst when you saw it. Could it, you know, was it an Achilles? What similar to Rogers? Um, did he tear something in his knee? But thankfully, it's just a low ankle sprain. Um, he came back into the game after getting it taped up. Probably got some shots. Whatever. Um, still ended up having ten catches for and scored a touchdown. Played played good. Um, but it is he is questionable for Thursday. Mahomes had a fine game, two eighty one and two. Kirk Cousins, 284-2, and two, no interceptions, had a good game as well. Um, but also a big storyline for them, Justin Jefferson hurts his hamstring near the end of the game. He didn't play. He didn't come back into the game, and he, I assume, is also questionable. They said they're going to take it slow with him. Um, they don't want to risk anything. And I'll be honest, I'm going to that game, the Bears-Vikings. I wouldn't be mad if Justin Jefferson just got healthy, let's just say that. If he just, you know, took his time getting healthy, make sure you're right before you play, I would encourage that. Um, But uh, rushing game for the Vikings was also weird. They only ran the ball, I don't even know. Alexander Madison had eight carries, K-Makers had five. Neither had did anything, they both averaged three yards per carry. Um, so it's it's just, I think they're both kind of dead in fantasy for now, at least. Cam Akers, I noticed when he was on the field because the he looks more explosive just from the as an eye test thing, but, you know, they had the similar production, so it doesn't necessarily mean much. Um, and then Pacheco had a good game on the ground, scored 56 yards. But, yeah, it was just a weird game. It was one that... Um, me, Sam, and Jack could all pick the Chiefs, and Keegan didn't pick the Vikings. Um, but it was a close game, and was one that the Vikings could have won if they get a call to go their way or something. But, yeah, uh, overall a fun game to watch. And we'll move into, oh, arguably my favorite game of the week. Um, just because of all the implications of it, it was the Jets-Broncos game. 
So the Jets end up winning 31 to 21. It's clo- it was closer than that. The game did come down to the wire. Um, but you know, I I talked all about this on the preview show for week five. But this is one I had circled before the season. I think um, the Jets definitely did because. Sean Payton before the season was taking shots at Nathaniel Hackett for how bad of a job he did in Bender, which is valid. You just don't you don't do that as a coach. You don't say that's you know that's one of your someone you work with. You don't want people to be talking like that about you after you leave. Um, and I think there was a chip on the shoulder of the Jets. They you know at the end of the game you see Nathaniel Hackett's just cheesing on the sideline. A bunch of guys are like coming up to congrat- congratulate him. Um, he's looking real happy, and <laughs> I don't know. Sean Payton is just kind of looking like a moron. Um, all that talk in your team is one and four, and you only beat the Bears in a game you should have lost. I don't know. I was real happy to see the Jets win um, and see Sean Payton continue to be humbled. Huge game for the Jets. They said they were going to unleash Brees Hall, and... He was unleashed. He had 22 carries, had 177 yards and a touchdown. Uh, his He had a 72-yard touchdown. He, we had seen a few runs earlier this year that looked like, oh, he's going to he's gonna get unleashed, he's going to score, and he got tackled, stopped short, wasn't in shape, whatever. He finished that 72-yard run, had a huge game. Um, you know, Zach Wilson didn't have a great game through for 200 yards and a pick. Nothing great there, but... Um, he did well enough, I guess, to win. Obviously, they win. They score 31 points, but the defense stepped up. Um, on the Broncos' side, Jaleel McLaughlin had a great game. Out of, he's their undrafted third-string running back who might be moving up on the depth chart. He had 68 yards. Um, I believe he had a receiving touchdown. Yes, he did. Um, and it was just, yeah, it was a great game for him. But that. Russell Wilson played fine, but he had a devastating fumble. He tried scrambling and didn't get rid of the ball. Um, a D lineman hit the ball out of his hands. Game over. The Jets returned that for a touchdown. Game. Um, yeah, it was a weird game, fun game, and one that has a lot of implications for two. That had a lot of implications for two teams that were playing so poorly. Um, so, <clears throat> yeah, and one I'm really happy about the outcome. Alrighty, next game. We'll do Giants-Dolphins. So, this one was in Miami. It was never close. The Giants won 31-16. Or, sorry, the Dolphins win 31-16. And the Giants, I believe they got their, what was it, their first, first half touchdown of the year on a pick six from the opposite end zone, 102 yards. Something like that. But the Dolphins moved to 4-1. and one. Giants dropped to 1-4. and four. Um, You know, huge games from, of course, Tyreek Hill again. He had 181 yards in the touchdown. Well on pace for over 2,000 yards. Um, you know, Jalen Waddle caught a touchdown. He's back to getting involved. He only had 35 yards. But um, big, bigger, even bigger storyline, Devon Achan continues. Only 11 carries, but had 151 yards and a touchdown. He ended up getting hurt in the, at the end of the game, and he's questionable for next week. 
Um, if he doesn't play, you know, Mostert also still had a good game at 65 yards and a touchdown. But A-Chan is just looking like a steal. He's looking like if you had picked him up on waivers or took him at the end of your draft, you could have an RB1. Um, and for the Dolphins, he looks like just another fast weapon that they can use. His he had a seventy six yard touchdown that was insane. He ran up the he ran through the O line and then he got to the second level and he had they had two DBs up there that had great angles on him and they closed down to the sideline and he just ran right past him. It's one of those things where if you just saw the still picture of where the DBs were and where um, Achan was, you're like, there's no way he's not he's getting past them and he ran right past him. It's fun to watch. Um, the Dolphins are so fun to watch. They're definitely in the top five power rankings for me. Um, and the Giants, on the other hand, played terrible. Daniel Jones continues to look bad. Took six sacks. Um, not fully his fault. The O-line for the Giants is abysmal. And he doesn't have any weapons outside of Darren Waller, who was playing some receiver this week, actually. He had eight catches for 86 yards, so his best game of the year, but he was all they had. And then Daniel Jones ended up get, hurting his neck, and so um, Tyrod Taylor got in, and it looked equally as bad, if not worse, with him. Um, just not nothing an offense can do with no line. So, yeah, a good win for the Dolphins. You know, one we all expected, and they end up winning by 15. So, yeah, not much more to say about that one. We got a, uh, two more. All right, we've got Panthers Lions, another game that was never close, and between one bad team and one good team, the Lions end up blowing out the um, Panthers, forty-two to twenty-four, at home. The Lions improved to four and one, and the Panthers remain the only winless team in the NFL. Which is huge for the Bears, because we have their number one pick. So now, at this point, the season ended today. The Panthers traded their number nine pick last year, which turned into Jalen Carter. They traded DJ Moore. They traded this year's 101. And I believe there's another piece involved in that as well, another pick at some point. And Bryce Young isn't even looking great. Uh, he's making mistakes you didn't haven't you didn't see him making in college. He's making bad throws to the outside. He threw a bad interception um, on one that he should have known not to throw. Uh, his O line isn't great, but you know he hasn't looked like a good quarterback so far. He had 247 yards, which looked better, three touchdowns, but had two interceptions. Um, Adam Thielen continues to be the target hog for them having 107 yards and a touchdown. Really weird to see that cuz you you know, you didn't expect him. They've been they've been talking about all week how they need to get a number 1 wide receiver for Bryce Young. Well, they had one and they traded him away. Whatever. But to talk about the Lions, they look Do I do I say it? Yeah, they look like a legit contender. With the way that the team is playing, they didn't have Amon Ross St. Brown this week. They didn't have Jameer Gibbs, and their offense still put up 42 points. Jared Goff looked great, had 132 passer rating, three touchdowns, no interceptions. Um, David Montgomery, another huge game on the ground, had 109 yards and a touchdown. Um, Sam Laporta caught two touchdowns. Josh Reynolds had a good game in relief. Cleve Raymond was involved. Um, 
they're able to move the ball so well, especially when they're at home, which is, you know, always funny. But they're definitely the favorites in the NFC North. They're going to be leading regardless of what happens tonight, I believe, with the Packers game. Yeah, because they're 4-1. So they're in sole possession at first. We don't know what happens with the Packers. But um, outside of the 49ers and Eagles, I think there's a strong conversation to have about the Lions being the third best team in the NFC. You know, which I think people, it's not that much of a surprise. They're expected to be a playoff team coming into the year, but they're playing even better than they were last year, and their defense is playing great too. Aiden Hutchison had this insane interception on a little dump-off screen pass. I don't even, Bryce Young, I think, was even trying to throw it away. Um, But Aiden Hutchison reaches around the offensive lineman blocking him, one-handed catches it. He has an insane amount of touchdowns for D-linemen, or interceptions. I'm, I want to say it's the most by any D-lineman through their first two seasons or something like that. We're only halfway through his second year. Whatever. But, um, yeah, big win for the Lions. One, again, like the last game we had talked about was expected, but it's still good for them to put up the points that they did and um, continue to, to roll. So, I believe we just have one game. Yep, yeah, one game left. Oh, and it was as gross as anticipated. The New Orleans Saints shut out the New England Patriots, winning 34-0 to in New England. So if you had bet the under on this game, which is, I think was at 40.5, it still would have hit because New England scored zero points. Uh, the Saints moved to 3-2 and two to be a tie at the top of their division. The Patriots dropped to 1-4. and four. And look like they could be the worst team in the NFL. That's not an exaggeration at all. Um, I've seen Patriots fans coming out of the woodwork saying they are the worst team. And if, you know, as a Patriots fan, I think that means a lot for them to say. Um, I think we have reached the end of the Mac Jones era. He, (laughs) 12 for 22, 110 yards, two interceptions, no touchdown. And Bailey Zappi came in again. They couldn't move the ball through the air. They couldn't move the ball on the ground. Partially because, the, I'll give credit to the Saints, they have a great defense. But at the same time, this isn't the first, this has been the issue all year for the Patriots. They haven't been able to move the ball at all. And it's just been a train wreck to watch. Um, you know, they haven't, they've continued to not put weapons into their offense around Mac Jones. It, it's not all his fault. Obviously, he looks bad, and I think part of that's because of who he's surrounded by. Um, but yeah, the Patriots just got worked. The Saints' offense played pretty good. They had multiple running backs involved with Alvin Kamara and Kendra Miller. Um, Derek Carr, definitely, he wasn't perfect, but he's definitely much healthier than he was last week. He had went 18 for 183 and two touchdowns, no turnovers, which was huge. Um, and yeah, I... Chris Olave caught his first touchdown of the year. I love to see, obviously. But he was banged up coming into the week. We didn't even know if he was for sure going to play. He had, I, think he, I believe he had a hurt ankle. Um, Michael Thomas had a good game. It's just one that's... It's kind of depressing. As the Patriots have dominated for a large part of two decades now, majority of my life, I'm not mad to see them doing bad. It's just crazy how bad they are. Um, but with that being said, 
in my opinion, they're absolutely in the running for Caleb Williams now. Um, the Bears are the favorites to have that pick, obviously, because we have two picks. But if Justin Fields, if he does what he has done the last two weeks, the rest of the year, he will be the quarterback in Chicago. We're going to have a very interesting, fun, great problem to have is that we have a good quarterback and the number one pick again. And we can continue to build what we have been doing. Again, Justin Fields, he has to do what he's done the last two weeks to keep his job. If he doesn't continue to keep doing that and he regresses back to what he had been, the Bears are absolutely going to take a quarterback, take Caleb Williams. But I would love it if Fields makes it so they can't take a quarterback because they already have their guy. That would be amazing. So, anyways, Patriots, I mean, outside of it's them, you know, the Cardinals, the Raiders have looked better than we. I haven't seen Monday night yet. I'm recording before that game. So I don't know how they looked against the Packers, but they've looked better than some of those teams. And the Panthers are bad, but they're not going to be up. It's not their own pick. The Bears, I don't know. There's probably Broncos are definitely in contention. Maybe a few other teams, but it's going to be interesting. It's really crazy to see the Patriots go from the best team of two decades now to arguably the worst in the NFL. So we'll see. It's it's going to be really interesting to see. Is Mac Jones going to start after this? Probably not. Is Belichick going to be done after this year if this continues? Maybe. Robert Kraft might want to get a restart. So it's going to be interesting. But, um, yeah, a good, great bounce back week for the Saints because they looked bad last week. Um, and now they're tied for their division. So that is all of the games that we have um, to recap. I am just going to. Hmm, I want to. I want to give my top five again, like we've been doing. We have been giving our top five um, power rankings at the end of every recap episode. So this is just off the top of my head. I don't have this planned out or anything. For sure, going with the 49ers. Like I, I've already gave all my reasons for that during this episode. I'm very comfortable putting them at one. They're five and zero. They have an elite offense, an elite def- defense. Haven't really even gotten tested. The only team that tested them was the Rams, and the Rams have looked pretty good. Um, number two, I believe last week I had the Bills at two, but they just lost. And so I'll probably go with the only other undefeated team in the NFL, and that is the Eagles. Yeah, I feel good about that one. Um, they're now 5-0 and as well. Like I've talked about, it's going to be between them and the Niners. They also have an elite offense and an elite defense with a even better quarterback. I mean, it's going to be... I'm, I'm just excited. I'm already excited for the playoffs. It's only through Week 5. But I want to see those two teams rematched with fully healthy teams on each side. Um, yeah, I, I'm pretty comfortable putting those two just because neither have lost... Um, and they've both been some. They both obviously have been most tested by the Rams. So, what does that say about the Rams? I don't know. They're frisky. Number three. Oof. I'll be moving to the AFC. I know that for sure. And yeah, I'll say the Dolphins. Um, you know, their only losses to the Bills. They got throttled, but they bounced right back. 
the offense got moving again. The defense played well. Um, it's tough to not have the Dolphins there at three as the top one-loss team because they have scored the most points through five weeks in any team in NFL history has done. Um, so enough said about that. I'm going to have them at three. This is where it gets tough. I'll probably have the Chiefs. They're four and one. Um, and they have Patrick Mahomes. So that's my main reasoning for having them there. You know, their their only loss was week one to the Lions, who are looking like a great team, and they've won every game since. So until I have a reason to say otherwise, they'll probably be in my top five. They have a great defense, even though their offense is not playing as well as they have been previously. I'll still have them at four. Mm. The teams I'm between for number five are the Bills, even though they lost. The Lions, I think, are the only two I'm considering. You know, all the AFC North, I still don't really know what to think about any of those teams. It's too, If the Bengals continue to do what they do over the next, say, three weeks, I will. they might be there. But I can't do it after one week. I don't feel good about the Ravens, Steelers, or Browns, enough to put them at five. The Jags are looking good, just beat the Bills, but I don't think a top-five-looking team yet. And the Bills just lost, and lost two of their best defenders. So, yeah, I'll say the Lions. I've talked, I, I talked about it. I think they're a contender. Um, I would be surprised if they won the Super Bowl, to be honest, but by no means am I saying they can't win it. I think they'll be in it. They're looking like the favorite to be the number three seed in the NFC, which is huge for them. Um, they'll host a playoff game. So, yeah, I'll go with the Lions at five. I feel good about that one. Um, yeah, that is my top five power ranking. So I got 49ers, Eagles, uh, Dolphins, Chiefs, Lions. And I'm going to give a bottom five. I have the Patriots at 32. At 31... I have the Giants. I talked about both of those teams. At 30, I have the Panthers. So, um, Patriots, Giants, Panthers. And then give me the Broncos at 29. Ooh. See, I don't even... I don't want to put the Bears there. Because they just looked so good. In their one win. But they have looked so bad. I just I, I can't, as a Bears fan, put them there out of principle. Even though I've said numerous times this year they're the worst team in the NFL. That win, that that's the issue with being a Bears fan. You see one good game and you're all the way back in. I'll say the Raiders. Unless they win tonight. So if I don't know what they do on Monday night. If the Raiders lose, I'll put them there. If they win, then I'm going to put the mm, Cardinals there. Boom. I feel good about that. And then the Bears can be at one spot ahead of those two. Sure. I'll, I'll, I'll say that. But thank you all for listening. Um, sorry it's a solo pod this week. I, too, am bummed that Keegan, Jack, and Sam couldn't be here to recap such a fun week. 
Um, but thank you for listening. Thank you for sticking with me. And we will get back to you on Friday with the week six preview. We're already at re- week six. That's crazy. Um, yeah. You all have a good rest of your day. Peace.